What's going on, guys? Welcome back into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. If you're wondering why Bobby isn't doing the introduction, it's because he's off at it's something called a baseball game. I mean, who knew there were other sports being played in October? Come on, Bobby, it's football season. For those who are listening for the first time, I'm Mike Taglier, and today is the waiver wire and trade show. Rather than have me talk by myself for an hour, we are bringing in one of my best buddies in the industry to do this episode. He's one of the most accurate rankers in the entire industry, and he's not afraid to let you know it. Uh, he's part of The Athletic. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Jake Seeley. Jake, welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, say, hey, look, playoff baseball's entertaining. I don't know if everybody, you saw the tweet. It's the side screen. It gets the second TV treatment. It's not going to be on the main TV treatment. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I mean, I mean, I, I hear people talking about hockey, and I'm like, guys, it's football season. Once football season's over, then we can talk about these other things. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally past baseball. Hockey and basketball don't exist until January. Oh, I would even say maybe February. <laughs> I don't know if they exist at all to me. Uh, I mean, once the <laughs> NFL season ends, I have we have the draft to get prepared for. We have free agency coming, and then it's like OTAs, and it's like okay, we're back in football swing things. So, yeah, football's where it's at, guys. But Jake, I wanted to ask you: now that you're podcasting with D'Angelo Williams, what is it like to talk to someone with a, with a that's a bigger deal than you? Is that like a humbling experience? <laughs> Hey, that happens plenty. Look, let's be honest. Come on now. I actually think you're you're past me in followers on Twitter, so you're a bigger deal now too. Come on now. Uh, no, to, to that level, that podcast is just awesome. Uh, not so much even just because it's D'Angelo Williams, which is just awesome to have somebody like, hey, it's a former NFL player, you know, Pro Bowl player, blah, 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 if we could get it all out. It's just the fact that he tells it like it is. It's not just the, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to give 110% and got to do what the coaches ask and just blah, blah. Like, we were talking about Jalen Ramsey like two weeks ago and I said well wouldn't you be annoyed if he was like your teammate and you're like hey look we actually have a winning squad here we're a playoff squad like you're like why are you going to request trades like wouldn't you be upset as a teammate and he goes dude when people say like we're family as teammates he goes that's a bunch of and he didn't bleep himself out Uh, but guys, if you aren't already, make sure you are following Jake on Twitter at AllInKid, as well as myself at Mike Taglier NFL. It was a good week in the NFL as far as injuries go, and that means it's going to be a pretty crappy week for waivers. Uh, though if there's anyone who can dig deep, it's, it's Jake and myself. Uh, we are going to do that for you guys today. <laughs> and even if you don't love the waiver wire targets, stick around. I'll be asking Jake about some buy low options as well as some options to sell high. You are not going to want to miss that because that's like one of my favorite parts of the week. So, uh, Jake, let's just let's start the running back position. Is, is there anybody out there that's available in 60% of leagues that you can go out there and grab right now? Rashad Penny's under 60% owned, which is a little bit surprising to me, only because I think you get mixed in a little bit. Naheem Hines, if you're full point PPR. But, I mean, that's what we're looking at. So, I'm looking at people that I would actually consider starting And I think the only one that's out there, and I'm not excited for it by any stretch of the imagination, but Adrian Peterson, only because of the coaching change and only because Callahan's going to come in and want to run the ball more, (laughs) which is just like, good God, it's going to be gross. But if he's getting Frank Gore workload... Like, I, I think that's the, the ceiling is Frank Gore. But I mean, these I'll give you, I'll, for, for instance, and you can tell me if you're as sickened as I am. These are the ones that are in my waiver column that comes out at midnight. Rashad Penny, Naheem Hines, Chase Edmonds, Adrian Peterson, Latavius Murray. And then I said, make sure, see if he's been dropped in your league. I think the best one is Kenyon Drake, because at least he's a starter. Yeah, I mean, that's basically where you have to go with it. And they, they demoted Kalen Balaj, which is awesome because, I mean, deservedly so. He's been terrible. So, I mean, that's always a good thing. Kay- that was a fun offseason, wasn't it? Yeah, 
<laughs> for the, to those who were, were, pimp, were pimping out Kenyon Drake, I mean, you, you got to sit down and watch some football because he was terrible last year. There was no reason he should have been getting more touches. And honestly, I question the, um, Brian Flores because of it. I said, if you can't see this, like I have, I've lost faith in your coaching. And I mean, I, I guess the results speak for themselves so far, but it, it's really tough to think that, you know, those guys are going to be available in most leagues. If Adrian Peterson's available, he's my top ad because you're going to be able to use him this week against Miami. Miami has just been brutal. I mean, they've allowed a rushing touchdown in every single game. They've allowed at least 119 yards to running backs in three of four games. This is a game where Peterson can have one last hurrah and then you just drop him after this week. I don't really care about the coaching change. It doesn't change too much for me. Just because it's it's going to be a bad football team altogether. I don't think losing Gruden is going to help matters. But Jake, can we say that this is probably a week where if you're if you're doing well at the running back position, you kind of sit back, you let people grab their waivers, grab guys that really don't matter very much, and then you sit back and grab the ones they drop. Maybe somebody does drop Rashad Penny because Chris Carson got all those carries. Maybe somebody does drop, you know, uh, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison. Aren't these guys like priority guys to keep on your roster? Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it too. Is you know the 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 top end handcuffs, like you said, Pollard. I'd throw Armstead in that mix. Malcolm Brown, even because Malcolm Brown really hasn't done much of anything recently. But you know, Todd Gurley goes down next week, and everybody's gonna be rushing to the waiver wires to try and pick up Malcolm Brown. So yeah, I, I think that's the smart move is to sit back. You know, don't waste a waiver priority or a budget. Hopefully, if you're playing Fab, which everybody should be, and kind of go out there. The only I'll, I'll throw out the sneaky one. The sneaky one, and it's not just reactionary, but it's the truth of, hey, we just did this two weeks ago with Saquon Barkley, and we all got the scare when Christian McCaffrey came off late. And again, it's not reactionary because if anybody's been paying attention, Reggie Bonifon is very similarly profiled to Christian McCaffrey. He's not on his level talent-wise. Right. But I'll compare it exactly to Barkley in the fact that Wayne Gallman is a decent pass catcher. He's decent in all aspects. He's not quite Barkley, but he's going to be used the same. We saw that until he got his concussion, obviously, but he's going to be used in the same way. Something happens to Christian McCaffrey, Bonifant's going to be used in the same way. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm talking about Alexander Madison and guys like Tony Pollard, because the guys that you want to have on your bench at this point, you're not grabbing them just to be like, oh, I wonder if he's going to do good this week. No, you're, you're looking for lottery tickets. And let's pretend that something happened to Delvin Cook. Alexander Madison is the type of player that people would go to the waiver wire and they would spend their entire budget on uh, going down to Tony Pollard. If something happened to Ezekiel Elliott, all of a sudden, that's a guy that everybody will spend their entire budget on. Those are the guys that you want on your roster, just kind of waiting in the wings. And if they don't pan out, it's whatever. You're not starting them anyways. If you're looking for someone this week, I know you mentioned a couple names there, Jake. What do you think about Gus Edwards? Gus Edwards is someone that I actually think, if you're looking, like you're desperate at the running back position, you have one of these, you know, uh, four teams that are on by, you have multiple running backs and you're just like in dire need. What about Gus Edwards against Cincinnati? Oh, well, so that you just mentioned it. That's the only reason why is because Cincinnati has been atrocious as a defense and especially the running backs. And they've actually given up double digit performances to multiple running backs in games. And that's not just because Chase Edmonds came in and David Johnson, you know, got banged up in that game. It goes back to previous to this week. So when you look at a game where the Ravens could also be up in control, similar to what we saw earlier this year where Tony Pollard starts to get a little bit work when the Cowboys are in control, I, that's, I think that's a good opportunity there. Again, you're, the way you phrase it is exactly how you're looking at it, is if you're needy, it's a deep league, you're really thin at the running back, we have four, first week of four teams on a bye, that's what you're looking for. But you have to understand, you know, of course, if the Ravens come out flat, somehow unexpectedly and it's the vision game you just never know and it's a close game the entire way you know you could be looking at two points 
Yeah, no, they're, I think they started as 11 and a half point favorites. So obviously odds makers think that it's going to be somewhat of a blowout, uh, even though it is a divisional game. But uh, yeah, the Bengals are just so beat up right now in terms of what they're missing. Looking at it, so Mark Ingram has totaled just 59% of the team's carries. Like, I think people would be shocked to hear that number because like when you hear someone about like, like last year, Philip Lindsay was like a guy that's like, oh, it's a 60-40 split. That's basically what we're getting with Ingram and Gus Edwards and, and Justice Hill combined as one player. Even in the red zone, some people are like, well, it's all the red zone work. Ingram has totaled 55% of the carries inside the red zone. You look down inside the five-yard line. Uh, Gus Edwards has seen 30% of those carries. Mark Ingram has six touchdowns so far. Gus Edwards has none. I think eventually that's going to catch up with Mark Ingram, and I think this could be the week where it's like they they could both score, but Gus Edwards probably going to find the end zone sooner than, uh, than most people realize just with the work he's getting. But I, I wanted to touch on a couple, just, just, just a couple of running backs because I feel like this is a week where people might be looking for guys like that. And and one last name I'm going to bring up just as a, is he anything? Ido Smith, you know, Devonta Freeman's really been struggling on the ground. We know that. Ido Smith actually saw more targets than Devonta Freeman in the passing game. Is this, is this a real thing? Like, should people be grabbing Ido Smith? One, if they, if they own Devonta Freeman and two, even if they don't, is he a guy to stash? Yeah, I, I've this entire year I've been kind of meh on Edo Smith because I'm just meh on Edo Smith as a player. And the truth is, this entire backfield is meh. Like, I don't think there's going to be a big change. That, like, even if Devontae Freeman got hurt or the Falcons, and this was said before the Falcons were just like, screw it. You know, Freeman looks toast. Let's make a switch and see if we can get anything out of this. I actually don't think Edo Smith would do that much better, maybe slightly just because he's got a little bit more burst in his legs at this point. But. I think this is just going to be a disgusting back. Actually, you know what's a good comparison? I think it's just the Buccaneers' backfield. You're always just going to be chasing somebody. Like, if you're chasing Edo Smith for the upside, you're chasing Ronald Jones. If you're sticking with the guy in the front, the one that kind of stinks and it's not exciting, it's Peyton Barber and Devontae Freeman. That's I think it's a perfect parallel. Yeah, that's actually a really good one. I, I do like that one. So, recapping the running back position, which is weak this week, uh, <laughs> would you rather, like, let's pretend that some of these players that we talked about are available uh would you grab let's say Rashad Penny's out there let's say Kenyon Drake's out there and Adrian Peterson which one would you grab of those three Kenyon Drake the Dolphins are gross but as you mentioned Balazs has now lost his job to Mark Walton and it's still Drake look as gross as the offense is and as gross as the team is and as disappointing as the team is they are facing the Redskins at home and he is there were I, I, I almost said workhorse, but I'll just put it in quotes. Imagine I'm putting it in quotes. He He's the guy. He's the lead running back on a team. It, it, you tell me Adrian Peterson versus Kenyon Drake. I would even take Kenyon Drake. I know Adrian Peterson got the matchup, but Chris Thompson's still involved a lot more than anybody behind Kenyon Drake is, and that's why I would give him the edge. Very true. All right, so I'm going to have you rank three backups now. These are like high-quality handcuffs. Let's say someone has a choice. Rashad Penny, uh, Tony Pollard, and Alexander Madison. How would you rank those three? I would actually go Pollard, then Penny, then Madison. Actually, you left one out. I put Armstead in front of Madison. I'm actually, my biggest concern there is it's not Madison as a talent. I just think that if Dalvin Cook goes down, I don't think it's going to be Madison's backfield by himself. If Leonard Fournette goes down, I think that is Armstead's backfield. I think it is Armstead being in that Sam Belcal role. So that's the only difference. It has nothing to do with talent-wise, but I think the top one is obviously Tony Pollard. You take most backups that are going to see 60-plus percentage of the touches, and you put it in behind the Dallas offensive line and in that offense, I'm going to take that. And you know I'm a Rashad Penny fan. I would love to say him, but I, I would still take Pop If you told me all four lead running backs go down, that's the order I would put it in. 
Yeah, that I mean, that's the reason that I'm not as high on Armstead as you is just because like I don't believe that the offense is high scoring as, as those other ones and having those scoring opportunities is pretty massive. But again, you're, you're right in the fact that he would have, you know, 95 percent of the touches in that backfield, which is definitely something that we covet in fantasy football. All right, guys, we are going to move on to the wide receiver position. But before we do that, a word from our sponsor. Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. They believe glasses should be viewed as a fashion accessory, just like a bag, a shoe, a necktie, a hat. They make it easy and affordable to accessorize with glasses. Plus, for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Answering a few questions is all you have to do to get suggestions for some great-looking glasses that are totally personalized to fit your face and style. Try their free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses and try them on for five days. There is no obligation to buy. It ships for free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. I've done this myself, so trust me when I say the process is painless. It's always awkward going through eyeglass stores and, and continually trying on glasses in the mirror. Everybody's looking at you. I was able to have these five pairs delivered to my house so that I could try them on in my own mirror at my own convenience. The glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. Lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. Blue light filtering lenses are also available. You have an iPhone X? Make sure to download Warby Parker's app where you can use their brand new virtual try-on, allowing you to try on eyeglasses. See the realistic color, texture, and size of each style using your own phone. Again, order five pairs of glasses and try them on for five days with no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes prepaid return shipping. Head to warbyparker.com forward slash fantasy pros to order your free home try-on. Take the quiz to find a pair that is fit for you today. Once again, that's WarbyParker.com, W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R.com forward slash fantasy pros to order your free home try-on. So let's move over to the wide receiver position. Who's your number one wide receiver pickup this week? I mean, you know, we had an injury to Sammy Watkins coming into that game. He was dealing with a hamstring injury. He popped up on the injury report. I talked about this a lot on our on my Sunday morning stream that I do. And if you guys haven't uh, been there for that, uh, every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern time on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash fantasy pros, uh, I go through and I um, basically take sit start questions from everybody in the chat. And it's a free service that we do. I talked a lot about Sammy Watkins and the risk associated with him because on he popped up on the injury report on Friday with a hamstring and a shoulder injury. I wasn't worried about the shoulder. I, that I can care less. But the hamstring was something that was concerning me because if we go back to last year when they played the Rams when he was listed on the injury report, he was active and then all of a sudden it was like he didn't play a single snap. He re-injures the hamstring, uh, you know, the first series of the game and he's out for the week. Is Pringle, is Byron Pringle someone that you're willing to invest in on the waiver wire this week? <laughs> uh, no, not the only way I'm going to even go after Byron Pringle. And the unfortunate thing is you're not going to find out in time. So I guess this is a situation where if you're desperate and needy at the wide receiver position, you make the move before we find out. But it sounds like Tyreek Hill should be back. So if Tyreek Hill comes back, I don't even care if Sammy Watkins is out. I have no interest in Byron Pringle. If there is no Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins is still banged up and even practicing but still banged up, then, yeah, you'll get a little bit of my interest because mostly Demarcus Robinson looks like he's been bumped down to fourth behind Pringle even. And McCall Hardman, was, you know, he is what he's been this entire time, kind of filling that Tyreek hole but to a much lesser degree. So if you're taking anything away from that game, it looks like, let's say everybody's healthy but Tyreek Hill. Like Tyreek Hill doesn't return and Watkins is out there. It looks like Watkins and Pringle 
are now the top two with Demarcus Robinson as the three. Tyreek Hill's back. Well, now you bump down Pringle the three. And in that case, I just don't want to get involved again unless Sammy Watkins is out. And then again, only because I'm desperate because if Tyreek Hill is out there, at best case, you're still the number three because it goes Kelsey and Hill and then everybody else. And I actually think if you're coming into this week's game, Kelsey hasn't gotten in the end zone. And I feel like they want to get back to what makes them successful with Tyreek Hill and Kelsey on down the field together. I think that this could be one of those, not a squeaky wheel because he hasn't said anything and he probably won't, but the what's what's a squeaky wheel that doesn't actually make noise? Like the, the wobbly <laughs> wheel? Like This could be Kelsey's week because it, you know it's just the fact that he needs to get back into this offense to get some semblance going here. Yeah, he had a bad game on Sunday night. There, there's no way about it. Like uh, Travis Kelsey had one of the worst games that I've seen him play in quite some time. Uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously hasn't looked great the last two weeks. His ankle is that a question mark? We'll kind of see as the week goes on. There's not a lot of whole. There's not a whole lot of injury news that we can update at this time. It's just so early in the week. People aren't going to be given uh, much of that. But what we do know is that the Kansas City Chiefs defense is like in dire needs right now. Like they have a lot of injuries on their front seven. It could just mean more passing for Patrick Mahomes, which is always a good thing. Uh, but let's talk about some names that are atop the list that we have a fantasy pros. We basically go through the, the, the wide receivers who are, you know, under 30% owned on this list. And I've kind of gone through and ranked some of them. Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Okay. They're going up against Washington and it's very rare, Jake, that I would say that you want to attach yourself to a Miami Dolphins player. It's very rare, but when you're playing the Redskins, I, I think it deserves conversation and like looking at it, they've allowed 2.25 PPR points per target to wide receivers. Josh Rosen has looked competent. Like, honestly, he should have had bigger numbers over the last couple of weeks. There were some drops. There was some penalties that negated some things against Washington. I think you can actually play one of these guys. Like, are you playing? Are you, do you think both are startable? Is there one that you prefer over the other? Uh, it's been Preston Williams this entire time, but I will say this we're cautious only in case Albert Wilson comes back because Albert Wilson looked to be on the cusp before their bye, and then he got pushed back. And again, he might not play. He's still no guarantee to be out there. I think if everybody's healthy at this point, as much as I'm a Preston Williams fan, uh, something I'm sure you all know, we're covering the draft as well. And I was saying this is I had a third, fourth round grade on Preston Williams if it wasn't for the off the field situation, who I likened to Antonio Callaway, who would have gone on likely probably day two, if not very early on day three, if not for the off the field stuff. So you look at Preston Williams, I think he's their future talented best wide receiver. But I think as of today, if Albert Wilson's healthy, I think he's their best wide receiver. So I will say, as of right now, Preston Williams ahead of Devontae Parker, both startable. Devontae Parker kind of, you know, be only because we're on 14 by, uh, probably in the wide receiver four range. If Albert Wilson's out there, I'll still probably start Preston Williams, but I'll be much more tentative about it. And I don't know if I want to trust Albert Wilson in the first game back, but it is the Redskins. It's a very tempting matchup. It is. It's like there's so many ways. Like That was the trouble with the Patriots last week. It's like, which wide receiver do we choose? You know, like everybody has a good matchup. Uh, I would say that I probably also prefer Preston Williams just because Devontae Parker has, is the bigger name brand, if that makes sense. And he's probably likely to see Josh Norman. Now, Norman is not the same cornerback that he used to be. He's not a guy that you need to avoid in fantasy matchups, but he is still the best cornerback on their roster. So I would probably lean towards Preston Williams. But again, this is a week where it's like we don't have great options out there. So it's like trying to siphon through this and, and try and figure out which ones are going to have impact. Well, to your point, too, if you saw like you saw Edelman ate them up, James White did damage. And then Ryan Izzo even scored a touchdown. It's the middle of the field. They just like get eaten up over the middle of the field. So to your point, and that actually kind of goes back to what I said, if Albert Wilson's out there, 
I mean, you're talking boomer bust because this is first came back, but that might be a very intriguing boomer bust play. Oh yeah, you even go back to week one. I mean, uh, when Deshaun Jackson played against them, like the two touchdowns he scored, they were both in the slot. So when he was lined up in the slot, so it could be an Albert Wilson week. It's just I, I don't know if I want to trust him, considering you know multi-week injury. Like we're talking over a month, he's been out. Uh, so it's difficult to say that he'd have much chemistry with Josh Rosen, who was playing with the backups, and Albert Wilson has been was with the starters all preseason. So that's the worry I have there, but um. One player, Jake, that I don't think anybody, he's 99% available. And he was someone that I actually had to tell our developers to put inside the waiver wire like rankings this week because it's kind of under the radar. Jacoby Myers. I would rather grab Jacoby Myers than someone like Deontay Johnson or Demarius Thomas. And I'm saying that because he's going to he's going to play in a Patriots offense, right? Like, you know, when you walk into the Patriots offense, they're they're despite like outscoring their opponents, it's been 155 to 34 over the first five games. Despite that, Tom Brady's averaged 37.4 pass attempts, including 42 last week against the Redskins. They're not running the ball very well without James Devlin, and it's forcing them to lean on this short passing game. Philip Dorsett tweaked a hamstring. They're playing on Thursday night. I don't think there's any way that he's on the field for this game, which means Jacoby Myers is going to play. Now, the reason I like him so much is because the Giants' defense has been destroyed. Of the seven wide receiver touchdowns that the the Patriots' wide receivers have, six of them had come when playing in the slot. That's that's big because like the Giants' secondary has allowed 317 yards and three touchdowns on 29 slot targets. So it's basically... The strengths match, match the weaknesses in this matchup. There's a lot of weaknesses in the Giants' defense, but Jacoby Myers, is he someone, like, let's say, again, we have four teams on by this week. Is he someone that you feel you might be able to plug into a lineup and get, like, wide receiver three production? You could, but you have to know the floor is a zero. I and mean, that's just, just the truth of it, even with the snaps last week and even with the work and Philip Dorsett got banged up. I mean, I say, I say the same thing about Philip Dorsett. Playing against the Giants helps a hell of a lot. You just threw out all the numbers, and if you've seen so far, Jenkins is he was so funny. He was so terrible in the first three games. Gets player of the week in week four. Has a decent game in week five. He's kind of been all over the map. It's very similar to Marshawn Lattimore, where both of them started playing better these past two weeks. Uh, but if you look at it, like you said, that's where they're the most exposed, uh, especially even if you're talking about outside, you can get DeAndre Baker when you don't see Jenkins. So it depends on who you're going to get. And I'm going to throw this out there, just a, a minor assumption, Mike, but I'm pretty sure Janoris Jenkins is not going to be focused on Jacoby Myers, even if he's playing outside. I'm pretty sure he's going to be on that Josh Gordon guy. <laughs> so to your point, I think that's where it is. I just... My biggest concern is that just Julian Edelman just destroys them, and like there's not even really much else to go around. But again, if you're talking about these gambles and these dice rolls and the, you know those type of situations, it's absolutely an opportunity where you could be like, oh my god, I realized Jacoby Myers was still playing on this team because a lot of people don't realize he's still out there. Which I accidentally called him Heat Miser on Sunday because, <laughs> well, because I was was sitting here with my buddies. That's my new nickname for him, even though it doesn't even go with his last name. Because I was sitting there, I was like, yeah, Jacoby Miser, and I was like, my what the hell am I talking about? Heat miser? Like, was this Christmas time? So, yeah. You got Deshaun Kaiser on the mind? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, man. No, but I mean, when he came into the game, he played in relief of Philip Dorsett. He ran 45% of his routes in the slot, which is good. I mean, it, Julian Edelman, can he's kind of like a utility blade. You can use him all over the field. So he's going to play the majority of the slot. Edelman's going to crush. Like, he's a wide receiver one this week. But I think Myers is someone that's interesting because 
I mean, the Giants, there's plenty of production to go around. Again, the, the Patriots are at home. They're putting their foot on the opponent's throat. Uh, the Giants have allowed the second most uh, yardage to wide receivers. They've already all over, allowed over 1,000 yards to wide receivers through five games. It's kind of ridiculous. So there's production to go around. I like Myers as a sleeper. Now, do you like any of the players from this list? I'm, uh, do you like Deontay Johnson? Do you like Debo Samuel? He's about to play tonight. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Auden Tate. Are these guys that you really find yourself like wanting to pick up? Uh, just Auden Tate only because of opportunity. And even against the Ravens, the Ravens defense has not been very good this year at all, honestly. Uh, Humphrey's playing the best, and Humphrey's probably going to see a lot of Tyler Boyd. Uh, I know he doesn't shadow the entire time, but you know you got to assume that just by volume alone, uh, like you, you could make the counter argument even say that Auden Tate was out there for an enormous amount of snaps last week and still only had an okay line against the Cardinals defense, including a touchdown. So I, I'm throwing all these things to just say like I can see it because opportunity is still not king as in like it means everything, but it's still king as in like that's the most important thing we look to with other factors involved. But that's the one you want to start with is opportunity. So at least he's out there the most. Deontay Johnson. I mean, he's out there still, but as we've seen, it's Juju Smith-Schuster is still a thing. They're facing the Chargers on the road this week. Mason Rudolph is not playing in this game, so you kind of look at that and say, uh, uh, do you really want to get involved? Like, I think a lot of people are going to consider sitting Juju Smith-Schuster this week, so just I, I think that Auden Tate's the only one I even think about. Yeah, I'm with you, and I, I, I do want to say that it was embarrassing to watch them like have Mason Rudolph like walk off the field. Uh, I know that the cart broke. We talked about that on the podcast. It broke down. Pick him up. Like, seriously, pick him up. And Well, here's the worst part. D'Angelo brought this up. There was a working cart on the other side of the field. They have two carts. And he, they said their quote was that they would have needed it if necessary, but they was able to walk off. And what his joke was, he looked like, and go listen to the podcast because I don't want to steal his quote, but this is what he said. He said he looked like the, the, the scarecrow when he came off the pole in the Wizard of Oz. Like, that's how he was walking. He didn't look good, man. And then he had to go to the hospital after that to get checked out. He was released, but still, it's like, that's a thing, man. Like, that was ridiculous. I, I mean, as I was watching that, I was like, this is... It's embarrassing. It, it really was, considering, like, how much money is thrown into the NFL and, like, take care of these guys. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Demarius Thomas, he doesn't interest you at all with uh, Sam Darnold potentially coming back this week? No. Nah. It's still uh, Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder, and there's somebody more important coming back, and that's Chris Herndon. What about Trey Quint? I mean, this is ridiculous because like they're they're playing against uh, Miami this week. That's a, that's obviously a great matchup, particularly over the middle of the field. Uh, but he's had some good matchups the last few weeks, and he hasn't done anything. Like, no, nah. he got open. <laughs> he's still third in snaps behind Paul Richardson. Even I I can't get on the Trey Quinn bandwagon. Yeah, I mean Trey Quinn did get open multiple times against the Giants. Like literally, uh, he, well everybody does. He basically, yeah, he, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but are any of these wide receivers we've talked about, Preston Williams, Jacoby Myers, like Auden Tate, what's the max you're spending on them? Oh, it's I, I hate doing that. I'm going to answer your question, but you know this. It's just because it's different for everybody. It's so relative. It's relative to the week, to the need, to the team, to the league spending ag aggressiveness. It's just that's why for everybody out there, people ask us all the time, how much you spend? I don't include it in the waiver column because it means nothing. It would probably be valuable for one person out of 100. So I will say if... I have $100 left, and it's even Auden Tate. The most I would spend is probably $12 or $13. Yeah, I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like I I might, I'm, I literally maybe max on these guys, 5% five, 5 of my fab budget left. That's it. 
like I am not going all out to get them. I don't think any of them have a particularly like a matchup that you need to target. Jacoby Myers, if you're in like a really competitive league, a lot of people probably uh, did watch him during the preseason. He was fantastic. Uh, he he played well, like he had 253 yards and two touchdowns on 28 targets. He played his way basically onto the team. He was not a guy that was like guaranteed to make it. Um, so knowing that he is there, you might have to spend like three, five, three to five bucks. Yeah, I'm pulling back on the audit date because I just looked at their schedule too. It's Ravens, Jaguars, Rams by Ravens. So Ugh. never mind. Ugly, man. <laughs> it is so, it's so ugly. Um, and the Ravens aren't even that good anymore defensively, but still Jaguars and Rams are. And then there's a buy mixed in there. So yeah, I don't know how much mileage you're going to get out of audit date at this point. You know what's funny, Jake, is that remember when I was just saying the Giants had already allowed a thousand yards to receivers. There's three teams in the NFL that have allowed o- over a thousand yards to wide receivers already. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the New York Giants, and the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens. That's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Ugh, what a world we live in, man. I mean, it, it's it's ugly sometimes. But I will tell you one thing that is not ugly. We came out with a, a, a T-shirt of the Primer, guys. Like, if you guys read the Primer every single week, uh, we did, like, a Top Gun-themed T-shirt. You guys can find all the products that we offer from the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast at shop.fantasypros.com. And we've made it extremely affordable. Like they're top-notch T-shirts. I promise you guys. I I I was like, I didn't even want to promote talking about our shirts until I like got one in the mail because I wanted to see if it was actually high quality. Because I've ordered fantasy shirts before, and sometimes they'll like literally like after washing them once, they'll come up to like my belly button. I'm a tall guy, and it's like so I, I'm always hesitant to talk about shirts. Wait, that's why you don't dry them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like to dry my shirts, but either way. Uh, these ones do not shrink. I promise you they're top notch and they're extremely, extremely affordable guys. I'm talking like $13 affordable. Check them out. Shop.fantasypros.com. Jake, let's move over to the quarterback position, uh, and talk about maybe a few guys that are available on waivers that you might be able to stream this week because there are a lot of guys out there who are living the stream. And if you guys haven't yet, I put out an article every Saturday looking ahead so that you guys do not have to bid against other guys in your league. You could pick them up the week prior, just throw them on your bench and stream them the next week. And you don't have to spend a single dollar in your fab budget. Kirk Cousins was one of those guys that was on there last uh you know not this saturday but the saturday prior because he had a great matchup coming up Kirk cousins has another good matchup against philadelphia this week i don't know how high scoring that game is taking place in minnesota would you rather have cousins what about gardner Minshew playing against new orleans one of the three quarterbacks left in fantasy football who has scored at least 16 fantasy points in every game or do we go andy dalton at baltimore as crazy as that sounds andy dalton at baltimore I got to say, if I'm going for safety, it's Kirk Cousins. And I'm not trying to straddle the fence, but it depends on what you want to do. If you're going for safety, it's Kirk Cousins. I just don't think that Kirk Cousins is at this point, especially with this team, ever going to light the world on fire. But against the Eagles defense, their secondary is abysmal. You throw, 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 throw on the Eagles, but you don't run very much. And I'm not worried about Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's going to be inside my top five, probably even still inside my top, like say, three or four. I'm not going to move him down that much, just like a few weeks ago. But you don't run on the Eagles. You just don't. So uh, if they try to get a little bit more balance in this game, that's why I'll go with Kirk Cousins. If I'm going for upside, it is Gardner Minshew. He adds rushing value by himself. But the Saints defense, as just mentioned earlier, has really turned the corner since week three. And Marshawn Lattimore went from, like I said, from being abysmal to back to the lockdown self that he is. And... I'm the biggest DJ Chark fan there is. I own him in so many leagues. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows I love him. But this is a bad matchup. And I just, if there's any way he holds Chark in check, 
where else is going to go? D.D. Westbrook? Yeah, Westbrook's actually, he's a good play this week, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, because he gets P.J. Williams in the whole slot and then everything. If, but the, the thing is, is like, well, is this the Gardner Minshew test game? And so, look, he's passed the test so far, but it's there's definitely a lower floor than Kirk Cousins. I will take him for the ceiling, but that's how I play. So I'm taking Gardner Minshew. I had a bet on our podcast. I bet Gardner Minshew versus Andy Dalton, and I won that bet this week, so I feel really good. So. I'm going to go cousins in this one. And I'm going to say it just because it's like, it's similar scenarios. You know, you just, you just laid it out. You know, Philadelphia stops the run. They have not allowed a running back more than 44 yards this year on the ground. That's just stupid. Good. They've allowed 2.81 yards per carry. They're not running the ball. Uh, even, I mean, Delvin cook, we saw him struggle a little bit against the bears. He can be stopped. It's just a matter of how Philadelphia is missing cornerbacks. Like they're starting Rasul Douglas and an undrafted free agent opposite him to cover Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. That's a problem. Whereas Gardner Minshew, again, the Saints don't they don't allow anything to the run ever since they got uh, Onyemata back on the defensive line uh, they got Sheldon Rankins back last week so it's like all of a sudden like there's so many things coming together for the Saints they're going to stop the run it's going to be troubling for Leonard Fournette to run the ball Minshew again they're gonna have to rely on him to move the ball but if DJ Chark is tied up with Marshawn Lattimore it's like how much upside is there really here so I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins uh, as a streamer this week he would be my top addition if you wanted to to do um to stream over the tight end position uh, there's a lot of people who are going to say, I need to go grab Chris Herndon right now because he's back from suspension and this and that. And Sam Darnold's coming back. Now, Jake, you and I didn't talk about this before you came on the air, but I'm going to be very clear about my stance on this. I do not want Chris Herndon on my fantasy football team as a full-time tight end. And I say that because I didn't even want him before he was suspended. This is a different team he's returning to. Not only is Adam Gase a terrible head coach, but Adam Gase does not involve the tight end very often in his offense. And we've seen that with Ryan Griffin. And I understand Ryan Griffin's not very good, but it's a different team. Uh, Chris Herndon was battling with Jermaine Curse for targets over the middle of the field last year. You know, uh, Bilal Powell for targets over the middle of the field. Now it's Le'Veon Bell. It's Jamison Crowder. It's Demarius Thomas. And they still have Robbie Anderson. So it's like, I don't know where these targets are coming from. The Jets are not all of a sudden becoming a high scoring offense. I think Chris Herndon's a streamer in great matchups. And that's it. Mm, I'm not. I'm opposite of you. Tell me why, Jake. Tell me why. You're a smart individual. I, I expected you to be better than this. <laughs> yeah, I am better than this because I'm telling everybody. <laughs> because here's why I'm better than this. Because I told people three weeks ago to stash Herndon and two weeks ago to stash Herndon and last week to stash Herndon. So you weren't chasing him with everybody else to your point before. So you weren't spending money this week. You could have been holding on to him. Right, look, here's here's the problem. It's twofold. I will say you could potentially be right because we could be looking at a Bruce Arians situation where everybody's like, well... Bruce Arians has never had an O.J. Howard before. And what are we doing right now as a week five? We're saying, well, Bruce Arians <laughs> really doesn't use the tight end. Maybe we should have paid attention to who Bruce Arians is. And we made excuses. And look, we're not always going to be 100 percent because that's not always true. There's been cases where blank head coaches never used blank. And then things have changed because coaches change. Coaches change to who they are. Andy Reid, perfect examples, never used a split backfield to this level, and he is this year, and it looks like it's starting to move a little bit back to Damian Williams now he's back, but all that saying, I'm just pointing that out, is like, coaches can change, but there are coaches that stick to who they are, and if you are right, and Adam Gase sticks to who he is and doesn't involve Chris Herndon, this is going to be a blow up and bust, but it's the tight end position, so for two reasons. Tight end position is a barren wasteland again already, uh, especially with bias coming up. It's definitely better than it was last year, but it's still, I mean, people were getting hyped up for freaking Tyler Eifert last <laughs> week. That's, that's all you need to know. The other thing is Chris Herndon's a matchup freak, similar to OJ Howard. The guy's 6'4", 240-something, and is uncoverable when he's out there. 
that's if he's being used. So I will say I'm picking him up on the upside. Ideally, hopefully, to your point, you don't have to start him in his first game back off suspension. But on the upside alone, if he's a top 10 going forward, would it surprise me? Absolutely not. I'm down on him. I would rather grab Gerald Everett. And I say that because Everett has now seen 19 targets over the last two weeks. He's seen at least five targets in three of the last four games. I know that Tyler Higby was out, I think, two of those games, uh, which definitely he benefited from. But here's Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. You, you asked me a question. So for Gerald Everett, because Gerald Everett's actually, a, you know, athletic problem as well. Here's what I'll say. It's not even Tyler Higby, but this is Ty- Gerald Everett comes at the expense of Robert Woods when when Jared Goff isn't throwing the ball 57,000 times. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my question to you is going forward, if you feel good and I'm not trying to set you up, this is a legitimate question. If you feel good about Gerald Everett. Do you, is that do you think this continues to go forward? And when we've now seen Jared Goff go from he targets his three wide receivers, the end, to he's targeting two wide receivers and Gerald Everett now? I think that there's a real thing to Jared Goff and like finding that comfort over the middle of the field right now. And it's a reason that I'm a little bit worried about Robert Woods. Like you have Brandon Cooks who can get some of those big plays that can kind of knock out some of the like the lesser targeted games. And that's fine. You know, he's dealing with a concussion now, but. Sean McVay has shown like he's willing to change things if he has to. And it, it, Jared Goff has really struggled uh, over the past 13 games he's played. And where he's having the most success is going to Cooper Cup, going to Gerald Everett over the middle of the field. And if if Robert Woods isn't playing in the slot, it is concerning. And if Jared Goff is not hitting his throws in the perimeter, that's concerning. So I don't want to sit here and say that that Robert Woods is a guy that I'm like, 100% like dropping and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'd be willing to sell him if you can get wide receiver two value. I would because I think that this offense is going through a change right now and I think they're trying to find Jared Goff's comfort zone and it seems to be over the middle of the field. He's thr- like he's he's throwing the best when he's throwing to those guys uh, instead of trying to force it to, on the perimeter to Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods. So knowing that Woods doesn't have much presence in the red zone. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about Robert Woods and this is basically me buying into the fact that they drafted Sean McVay was the head coach when they drafted Gerald Everett in the second round. They knew like his, his skill set. He's now in his uh, third year in the league where it's like, he was a guy that I was willing to stash in dynasty leagues at at the chance that uh, something would eventually pan out. And we're starting to see glimpses of that. And now that he's flashed, it's like, do they use him more? And I'm willing to at least grab him to see if that's the case. That's certainly fair. Although this may all kind of go for naught for this week because Brandon Cooks might even just be out this week. Yeah, Cooks, it seems like, I mean, that was a pretty bad concussion. So I would assume he's probably going to be out, but we don't really know. Is there a defense that you're looking at to stream this week that you feel good about? Like, let's let's say that a defense that's available in at least 60% of leagues. Yeah. Cowboys at the Jets if there is no Sam Darnold even if there is a Sam Darnold it's a little bit tempting it is Sam Darnold's first game back and I don't know if anybody out there has ever had mono but you you talk about it destroys your energy level Uh, he even said himself that he just cares he wants to not die (laughs) but I think he was saying that tongue-in-cheek but the truth is even if he's cleared with this spleen situation all that type of stuff I just it's a very like imagine yourself halfway through a marathon and I kind of feel like his energy level might just be low headed to this game. So I think Dallas and then the other other one that I'm looking at, there's a few. I always rank the defensive streamings in my article as well, to your point, and under 60 percent. owned. it's funny because nobody ever reads and then they're like, are you really ranking the defense? But like it's under 60 percent. owned. pay attention, guys. <laughs> Uh, the second one I'll go to is the Packers at home because I don't think people have realized that despite the yards 
and the touchdowns, there's a reason that they were passing and the Packers became so soft in the second half is because they were nursing a lead and they kind of played set back a little bit. But if you looked at it, what happened initially? Two interceptions right out of the gate. They got down the field and they locked them down every single time. Dak Prescott in the first half was miserable in that game because Packers secondary and the Packers defense is a lot better than people realize. And you run against the Packers, you don't pass against them. And if you're talking about a team that might get caught and start passing a little bit more, I know Patricia doesn't this year, but they could get behind early and start doing what the Cowboys just did. Uh, I think the Packers are an interesting one. Yeah, no, the Packers are one of the teams that pressures quarterbacks the most. And uh, yeah, with Kevin King playing better, he had been healthy. J.R. Alexander is coming into his own. Now, I know Alexander got schooled by Amari Cooper, but... That's what happens when you go up against Mari Cooper and he's targeted. The dude's really good at football. Uh, but I actually, I do like that call. Mine would somehow be the Carolina Panthers who are, I, I mean, when I wrote my article uh, for waiver wire stashes on Saturday, they were uh, under 30% owned. I really did not understand that. They were tied with the Patriots for uh, the league leading sacks through four games. I mean, and now they're in Tottenham. Yeah, and uh, but they're against Jameis Winston. I mean, it's going across, uh, you know, obviously over the pond to to London, and this is going to be a new situation for Jameis Winston. We've seen Jameis Winston implode, and like legitimately, if he has a basically, there's a string of events that happens. So if he turns the ball over, it's like all of a sudden you're going to see a string of these things happen. And if he tries to force the ball into Mike Evans, who's going to be covered by James Bradbury. It could be something. The Panthers have already seen the Tampa Bay offense under Bruce Arians, you know, back in week two. So it's like the I'm just I'm looking for sacks here because the Tampa Bay offensive line is not very good. Jameis Winston is prone to turnovers, and that that switch can flip kind of at any minute. So that's my uh, streaming defense for week six. All right. So moving on, Jake, we're going to do this fun part now where we get to talk about some buy low and sell high targets. You know, I already mentioned that Robert Woods was a guy that I was looking to kind of move on from. And it's not to say that, you know, you don't want to give him away. But if you're if you're able to sell him on name value as like a wide receiver, too, I would be looking to do so. Uh, if you could buy someone like, I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to give you carry on Johnson for him. Carry on Johnson's one of my buys ever since they let go of CJ Anderson. Johnson has totaled 49 of the 64 available touches to Lions running backs. That's a 75% workload, and that's that's considered workhorse in my book. So those are like two of the names right off the bat that I'm looking at. Jake, who's your favorite sell high in fantasy football right now? Oh, Sony Michelle. Not even a question about it because people are going to be so reactionary. Like, oh, he's back on track. This is everything. We, you know, this is the Sony Michelle we want. Hey, who did they just play? Just play the Redskins. Mm-hmm. And I know they're facing the Giants this week. But yeah, do you want to hold him for one more week, though? No, because you know what's going to, no, no, here's exactly, this is what I'm going to compare. This is exactly what happens. Like, so I got into this huge debate on Twitter. Um, you probably saw it at some point over Sunday over the gambler's fallacy and being due and not being a thing in sports because each moment is an individualized moment in and of itself. But that's a whole discussion for another time. But I'm going to continue with that for this debate because this is Vegas again. I'm going to compare, these are the people that lose money in Vegas because they stay at the table and they're like, I'm up, I'm up, up. Let, let it ride, let it ride, let it ride. No, get out before the moment before you think you need to get out get out because yes Sony Michelle could come out against the Giants and should come out against the Giants and have a good game but if he doesn't his value is going out the window it's not going to be like oh he had an off game people are going to go panic mode like they were for the first couple weeks and be like oh Sony Michelle stinks again he couldn't even do it against the Giants so that's why I'm selling high now because often people do what you just said i'm not saying that you're doing that but people do oh i can get one more game out of him and then sell for even more because they always see the best case scenario 
I'm getting out now. I'm definitely getting out before he faces the Giants. And, you know, obviously it's always relative to what you can get in return, but I think I think he's a great sell high. Let me ask you a couple names that like, like, I'm going to I'm going to gauge your value here. Who do you who would you rather have? Sony Michelle or James Conner? James Conner, not even close. I have him close. I don't I don't I want to sell James Conner. I'm getting out of that. Like he's my RB19 for the rest of the season. I don't want him. I'm willing to sell him. If you can get anywhere close to RB1 value, I'm out on Conner. I am moving on. What about Devonta Freeman or Sony Michelle? <laughs> uh option C. Yeah. Window 3. D- David Montgomery, can I throw him in? No, well, no because so I would take <laughs> David Montgomery. Well, no, 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 here's why. Look, so Matt Nagy's proving that, you know, whatever he's he's a knucklehead like the, my concern i had going to this game i don't know if you and i talked about it i talked about it with somebody and i said that what i painted this picture and i said what if nat nagy came out of week four and was like hey david montgomery i gave you your opportunity and you didn't do much with your 20 plus touches so sorry buddy we're going back to the split backfield boom split backfield is exactly what happened and this is a game i know they were behind but still it was it kind of started off that way it wasn't like it was right out of the gate and Dave Montgomery was getting all the work and then they fell behind and all of a sudden it was Tariq Cohen. It's just, I don't trust Matt Nagy. That being said, I would sell Sony Michelle to get Dave Montgomery on the cheap because I don't think you're getting him straight up. I think you get Dave Montgomery and something. Yeah, it's probably true. Uh, it's just trying to figure out like where that thing, like, so how do you value Austin Eckler for the remainder of the season? Is he someone that you're willing to, to have over someone like Sony Michelle? Like I would take him. Yes. Does it matter? Does it matter what format you play in? Uh, obviously Eckler half PPR and PPR gets a boost. And actually Sonny Michelle will go the opposite direction. If you're playing in non PPR still, I would, uh, grip my teeth as you could just tell and take Sonny Michelle over Austin Eckler, but I would do it. But I think that I told, I tweeted this to Scott Barrett when he was tweeting about their usage yesterday. I said, I think best case scenario is that we're looking at the 2013 chargers, the San Diego chargers back then with Ryan Matthews and Danny Woodhead was a mid-level RB two and even higher in PBR. He was actually knocking on the RB one door. I think that's what we could be looking at going forward. Not quite to that level, but I think Melvin Gordon is low in RB1, and Austin Eckler is locked in to a mid, maybe even a little bit lower, but half point, full point PPR, RB2, and I would take Austin Eckler going forward. Yeah, Eckler, I'm viewing like a James White uh, of the Chargers offense. That's basically how I'm viewing him, which is like a high end. I have him as RB25 right now, James White at RB24, so I have them both valued very similarly as like low end RB2s, high end RB3s. Uh, that you can play most weeks and uh, even better when they fall behind. Uh, Philip Rivers had a terrible game this week, and he looked like D- Derek Carr, essentially. Uh, it, it was ugly, um, and Eckler saw 16 targets because of that. So, yeah, is there a is there someone that you want to buy at the running back position that maybe uh, is coming off a, a lesser game? Or even sometimes you want to buy high. Sometimes you're like, you know what? This guy had a good game, but I'm willing to pay for it because he's going to do it going forward. So I would say buy high would be Josh Jacobs for me because nobody expected him to do it in that game. And most of us and myself included have ranked as a low in RB2. And I'm arguably one of the biggest Josh Jacobs fans out there. And he's going on a buy. But that's where I think, you know, you don't necessarily need to buy as high because people are going to be like, all right, well, uh, you know, I got to take care of my buy week. Maybe I'll sell him for adequate value. And I think that Josh Jacobs is the real deal, mostly because he finally got to the 69%. He finally got to that level of snaps that we want him to be at. That was my whole argument for behind Gruden. Then go back to what he did with Cadillac Williams when he drafted Cadillac Williams and just destroyed his career so quickly because he gave him so many touches in so many games right out the gate. I really like Josh Jacobs. I've been a fan of Josh Jacobs. I would consider that's a, that's a buy high. The buy low, I think you mentioned it. Carry on Johnson's a decent one. 
I, I don't know where else you're really going at running back to buy low, unfortunately, just because there's not a lot with depressed value. Uh, and maybe, you know, Le'Veon Bell, he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown yet. And maybe Sam Darnold, you know, gets some balance to this offense. I love that you brought up Le'Veon Bell. I was so I was adamantly against drafting Le'Veon Bell in the first round this this year. I said, if you got him in the middle of the second round, that's fine. But I didn't I didn't really want him on my fantasy teams. He is one of my favorite by lows in football right now because the, like he scored 15 PPR points in two of the three games with Luke Falk under center, guys. Uh, that shows a floor that, you know, we the floor that I saw for him this year was against the Patriots, you know, and the Patriots. I mean, they're a team that and they still had 10 points in PPR. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing is like the Patriots, they still haven't allowed a passing touchdown. They haven't allowed a running back touchdown. It's ridiculous what they're doing right now. But Le'Veon Bell is one of my favorites because there's a lot of owners out there that are like, oh, man, I knew I shouldn't invest in the Jets. and I'm willing to get rid of this guy. But his value is going to start rising again. I actually have him as a top eight running back for the rest of the season. So I'm buying there. What about over at the wide receiver position? Are you out on Stefan Diggs? He's a, he's a big, like, t- like a debate starter. And I know there's a lot of people that feel differently about this. And a lot of people are ready to drop Stefan Diggs at this point. I'm not one of those guys, uh, but how, what's your feelings on him right now? I'm out on him mostly because you need to use Diggs when the Vikings are going to be forced to pass quickly because it's Kirk Cousins and it's Kirk Cousins. So something, and to go call back to something I wrote last year before the season started about Kirk Cousins with this team, and this is one of the things where I don't understand what the front office was thinking, and I can say I'm sitting here in hindsight, but you can go back and this article that I wrote, it was Kirk Cousins and his fit with the Vikings, which I didn't think makes sense, and I never thought it made sense because Kirk Cousins... For watching as much as I did, especially down here in Virginia, and I do a show for the Washington Huddle, which covers the Redskins down here on the local affiliate, is the thing with Kirk Cousins is he's good at hitting the slant. He's good at hitting the middle of the field. But even sometimes when that's open, he gets aggressive in his own right, and he's not aggressive, and he's not good at throwing the ball downfield, especially outside. And some of the film I've watched on him for past years, you go back to the Redskins film and watch him, he'll have somebody like Jordan Reed or at the time Deshaun Jackson wide open in the middle of the field throws over top of them to the person that's triple covered because that's Kirk Cousins because that's what he does and especially throwing to outside so my biggest issue was this is not knowing if they were going to keep Adam Thielen in the slot or move Stefan Diggs there but anytime you've seen them move them around where does he do the best is to the person that's lined up in the slot well so far it's been Thielen but in games where they start having to adjust and against your Bears as you know this when they had to adjust and start getting the ball out quick and started moving Diggs around to get the ball out quick that's your opportunity here's the problem Eagles, Lions, Redskins, Chiefs, Cowboys, Broncos, Seahawks. Like, where's a game where you can really say somebody's going to do what the Bears did? And that's my problem. And that's why I'm out on stuff. I like think this. Philly is the is the matchup. I, I think that's it. That's the only one. I was considering that. But their pass defense is so bad <laughs> that I think it's just it just might be that both of them have a decent game this time. I like Diggs this week. And, the, and if you want to get out after this week, fine. Uh, but I think it's possible that like I'm actually going to rank him as a high end wide receiver three. And I will not be shocked if he puts up top 15 numbers against Philly. It, it, it You kind of hit it on the head in terms of like when Cousins gets the ball out quick, it's going to go to Diggs. Diggs is the one who actually breaks coverage quickly quicker he's a phenomenal route runner whereas like when when Cousins freelances that's when things go to Thielen and he just buys time and Thielen just finds ways to get open so uh I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Diggs is a good play this week and then you know we could look to move on I got a good sell high for you tell me it's Juju Smith-Schuster no well I mean I think that's almost it's kind of impossible now not with knowing what's going on with the quarterback position (laughs) yeah I guess that's true he had 75 yards and a touchdown so I was looking to capitalize on that 
I mean, you might be able to. And this, like, people say this all the time. You know this. They tweet at us like, "That's not happening in my league." Well, <laughs> you know, these things happen in leagues all the time, everywhere. And yes, you know the owners you're with, but I mean, there's no harm in floating the name out there and seeing. There's people that might buy all the time. Uh, I am selling the living heck out of Calvin Ridley, and I've been talking down Calvin Ridley. I'm really kind of annoyed that he had a good game because I've been ranking him low every single week, and this is the first week where it's bit me in the butt. But that's why, because he's not even getting, he's getting a third snaps most week. This past week, actually, Julio Jones was third in snaps, which is really weird. I don't know if Julio Jones was banged up in that game, and we just don't know. But whatever the case may be, somebody wrote this, and credit, and I don't know who did. So if anybody out there does and wants to tweet us and please tell me, I haven't been able to find it. But it was right before the season started. They said, if you're paying attention to the Falcons, Mohamed Sanu is still the number two. In fact, Mohamed Sanu is coming off the field the least, including Julio Jones, of all three wide receivers, and he's the one that's staying out there even when they're on wide receiver one sets. So I think Sanu is still the number two going forward. Sanu has been really good so far this year, and Calvin Ridley is just going to be very, very— he's kind of Deshaun Jackson, not style-wise, but Deshaun Jackson consistency-wise. <sighs> this one's tough for me. I don't really want to believe it just because I, I want every piece of this Falcons offense I can get. <laughs> I, I really do. I mean, this defense is terrible. Like, the Oh, he's not worthless, but people are good. Uh, you want to talk about capitalizing. People are going to go back to what they were doing in the preseason and treat him as a top 15 wide receiver after that game. I won't do that. Like, I don't even have him top 15. I'm a Ridley fan, but he's, I, I mean, I have him as the wide receiver 23. Um, But if you can, like, like the guys I would take, I, I would take Ridley over guys like DJ Moore. I would take him over guys like Larry Fitzgerald. I take him over guys like even DJ Chark. I know Chark is going. No, I know Chark is going off and I know people are going to come at me for, for that. But hold on. I guess I got to cancel the show. I'm going to catch a flight to Chicago because I'm coming to <laughs> punch you in your face don't don't you dis don't you disparage my chark uh i will go back dj Moore. i'm with you unless cam newton comes back i don't even like him with cam like i i I do. Eh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know who this offense is better with, to be honest with you. But the reason I... Oh, it's Cam Newton. Cam Newton wasn't even healthy to start this year. Yeah. And it, I mean, if Atlanta's defense was like at least like even halfway decent, I would I'd probably be with you in the fact that Ridley's the clear cut number two, sometimes number three uh, option in the offense. But this this Falcons defense is so bad and they're going to be so bad moving forward that you just want to attach yourself to it. And that's why Calvin Ridley, to me, is like a low-end wide receiver, too, that you're going to deal with some ups and downs in performances, but to get those ups in the performance, it's okay. We'll deal with that. It's kind of like a Will Fuller situation where you're going to deal with it. Right. Well, no, and it goes back to wide receiver 23. Like, you're fine. I'm not going to say you're wrong. That's just too high for me. Plus, you know, going against the Carlos, this is a get Julio Wright game and Austin Hooper scooper is going to dominate. Yep. All right. Good deal. And is there any anybody else you want to mention as a, a buy low or a sell high before we get out of here, Jake? No, I cut you off. I wanted to hear what yours was. <laughs> Sorry. I, I talked about DeAndre Hopkins in the podcast last night. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do, I'm going to say that Josh Gordon is one of my favorite buy lows in fantasy football. I, I've already mentioned the fact that Tom Brady's been throwing the ball over 37 times per game despite these blowouts. Uh, Josh Gordon, he's been seeing targets. I mean, like the eventually it's going to add up to production. We're not going to see Philip Dorsett score three touchdowns, you know, on, you know, 20 something targets. We're not going to see that for the rest of the season. Eventually those things are going to start going Josh Gordon's way. And if it happens on Thursday night football, your buy window, your buy low window is going to slam shut. That's basically where I'm at on it because when people see it on national TV, they actually believe it and they, they convince themselves that it's been happening all along and, and they'll pay more for a player or, you know, charge more for him, whatever the case. But uh, Josh Gordon <laughs> is someone that I'm buying right now. Uh, I, I like that call. I also like, I'll give you one more because he did score a touchdown, but it was only 22 yards. 
Cincinnati, Seattle's defense isn't very good anymore. Uh, there's a scary one with New England, but Cincinnati again. Houston, oh, that's so tasty. Uh, I think Marquise Brown, just the explosiveness, the volume. People have cooled off so fast. I saw somebody even tweeted me, is it time to drop Lamar Jackson already? Has the train ride ended? And blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just like people reverse course in the Ravens so fast all of a sudden. I mean, Jackson's been terrible as a passer the last couple of weeks, but I mean, he, he has one game under 21 fantasy points. One. And Marquise Brown, the air yards are there. The production will follow. He's a wide receiver. You live with the ups and downs in his performances because no wide receiver three is like guaranteed production every single week. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, guys, make sure you guys go and follow Jake on Twitter so he stops bothering me about it. He's at All In Kid. <laughs> I'm at Mike Saglier NFL. Thank you, as always, for listening. We hope you had a lot of fun today, even though the waiver wire it wasn't that great. It, it really just wasn't. Uh, we're going to have Bobby back for the show. We're going to do a start sit episode on Wednesday, which will come out Thursday morning. We'll have the DFS show on Thursday, come out Friday morning. Everything is grand here at Fantasy Pros. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And until next time. Lights out. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.